follow me my whole life, everywhere. Bars and cars, sidewalks, stores, everywhere. There's no escape. I'm God's lonely man. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Grass and Gear podcast. I'm FN Grasshopper and as ever I'm joined with my talented co-host Daniel Gear of Believe It fame. Say hi Dan. Hi Tony, how are you? Oh mate, I just can't believe it's been this long. I'm delighted to hear your voice. Um, <laughs> you, make, you make out like I am, but you voice messages. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah this, this podcast is long overdue I guess. Obviously we've not podded for about, I don't know, four or five months. I think April the 1st, last one came out. Yeah, and we didn't even record that in April the 1st, did we? It was no. um, in mid-March, I think. So yeah. it's been a while. Um, yeah. Obviously, the title of the podcast today is Out of Lockdown. Obviously, the UK is moving out of lockdown um, and reopening up. Um, people getting haircuts, going to the pub this week. Um, Dan's going golfing with other people. Um, really good day of golf. <laughs> <laughs> so we we thought we would just do like a you know just to you know get get refreshed again with the podcasting um and we've got a lockdown theme to our discussion today so so don't worry we've got the original drink opening where we're going to spark up a drink um definitely then we're going to move into just a lockdown discussion so what have we been doing during lockdown and the challenges towards playing football manager um i've got kind of like a little feature here about covid19 features that was a discussion on FM Slack that was, I thought, quite jovial. I wanted to do a podcast, and I think you ignored me twice on it, so we just kind of left it, and I didn't want to push you too much on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we're going to just actually discuss our FM20 saves and what we've been doing. And we we took a conscious effort not to talk about our saves mm. during on this podcast, but we felt, you know, it, so much has happened, and we've not actually had to catch up at all on it, so why not just have a quick discussion on it? Yeah. The only trepidation is that it does kill a lot of podcasts. Obviously, the the one more game podcast did that, and then it killed their pod. <laughs> so, this could be the end. I don't know. Could be in the end. Um, and then we just got a brief discussion on the byline piece that I did recently, um, and then any other business, whatever Dan wants to talk about, I guess. Oh, I've got a few things lined up. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> um, right, we should just go straight into the beer open then. Um, yeah. Dan was very kind to my to me when I was feeling a bit low during lockdown. And a hamper of cobra beer came. And when I say a hamper, this massive sack of about, I don't know, I'm not even counting it, it's, it's over 10 cobras. Uh, <laughs> en- enough to last me for weeks. Um, so it's a cobra beer I'm drinking. What about you, Dan? I've got a Thatcher's Haze nice and cold out of the fridge. Yeah. Refreshing. So that, that, that'll sort me out. Excellent. Well, whenever you're ready, Dan, let's spark up together. Yeah. It's quite emotional doing this, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> I'm not crying. I can tell you, mi- <laughs> I can tell you missed that. <laughs> okay, so out of lockdown, if we can cast our minds back to March, I think the 23rd yeah. is when we went into lockdown. Mm-hmm. I think that's when Boris gave his little speech, I think. Um, speech. <laughs> we've both been key workers. I wouldn't say I'm very, I'm very key to the whole running of the country, but I've been designed a key worker, and obviously you have as well, Dan. Um, so our, I'm obviously keen to run of the country. <laughs> so I think, um, I think anyone listening, and I'm talking about the, probably the five people that are listening to this podcast, um, everyone's have their own different 
I don't think, you know, COVID-19's impacted them in different ways and we've all had to change our lifestyle in some way. Um, mm-hmm. But I suppose, the, you know, the, the one constant for us is that we, we still had to do our jobs. Um, yeah. Obviously, you were going to the same place, uh, work, but my work um, came home. So basically, yeah. I lost my FM station, my desk. Um, that became a, a working from home um, table in my bedroom where me and my wife swapped <laughs> when we could <laughs> to work and when we weren't working we were caring for children so it was kind of like doing two jobs but you know doing both badly um so that was it for me but obviously like obviously being a uh, looking after your children you still had that opportunity to go to work didn't you yeah yeah so it's obviously a bit stranger because obviously um we're having temperature testing on arrival mass and gloves and all that and like in a hot factory, it is steaming in there at the moment, and it's a bit weird. Like you can't, with the mask on, you can't really breathe that well. But um, it's obviously early on; everyone's a bit scared yeah. of what was going to happen. But we've been quite lucky, really. In the um, southwest, it's um, probably the lowest area in the country until all the people start coming on holiday down there. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got any like old west towels to cope with COVID? Is like any like drink cider in the day? Day, daytime yeah, drinking does that help? Well, a lot of people would say day t- daytime drinking helps, <laughs> but to be fair, like between work and having the kids on me day off, there's not much time for drinking at the moment. No, so yeah, obviously, like the first few months of lockdown, the first couple of months when the schools were shut and you weren't mm. even allowed out, or you were allowed out once a day, that was when I was my lowest. Obviously, I got a little bit of FM in the evenings, but working and then having to basically pick up and be a parent at the same time and you know when when like Morgan had a meeting I'd be kind of covering the childcare and I'd go up for a meeting it was just and the expectations from colleagues that had no children were just kind of like demanding it's just a bit of a joke really <laughs> <laughs> but we got through it um and yeah I guess it got a little bit easier I'd say probably end of May so like yeah. June June's been a good month I'd say and now we're in July because obviously schools went back, um, I could work from home, get lots of work done, and then do one thing and then focus on the children, and then hopefully tie them out enough that I could play FM in the evening. So my FM time has kind of crept up back to normal now. But there was a time where he was just too burnt out to play, basically, got to the evening, and it was just like, all I want to do is just sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like with me, like where we live quite out on the sticks, um, we got a couple of uncommon forests but woods in within two miles so we were taking the kids there in the morning wearing them out and they'd be having a nap so i managed to squeeze in an hour at lunchtime oh fm yeah. wow that's heroism yeah. that's that's heroic well it's just um it sort of needed a mental break myself yeah but obviously like get up in, in the woods in the morning get them running up so, honestly i reckon i say i went out there twice a week i reckon i saw about two people the whole time through the lockdown yeah but it's like it's all battling, so there's no nothing to come across or anything, and the, the kids needed it as well. But it was good. But it's, um, it's, it's strange really because I wouldn't say my life really changed from being in lockdown because I like staying. In. <laughs> True, and I think so probably most people listening probably play FM like to stay in as well. So <laughs> yeah, I've actually I would say FM probably hasn't really changed for me in the times of it. It just the times I would normally play it have changed. Yeah. Yeah. I'd normally play it when they were at school on my days off, but now 
I'm just doing it on evenings and stuff and when they're having a nap. Yeah. No, so obviously everyone's situation is different. Obviously people that... Mm. I know know some of my colleagues, for instance, they were moaning about being obviously lonely. Loneliness has been an issue if they live on their own. Some people just mm. say they're too bored. They've run out of things to watch on Netflix, which I didn't think was possible. Um, <laughs> um, and I wasn't having anything... Like, it was hard for me to sympathise with their predicament when they were mm. complaining because I was thinking, oh, do you know what? I'd love about three weeks of just FM in. I mean, it yeah. that sounds like a dream, but... Uh, Yes, I, that's what I do. I do find it amusing sometimes when people haven't got kids. Like, oh, so I like do one swap. Yeah, <laughs> but then <laughs> there are people that had it a lot worse than me. For instance, like even so, yeah, yeah, definitely. Even some of my colleagues, like we had, um, we had like these meetings called excess death management. So one of my colleagues was actually driving dead bodies around, and um, he was com- he was complaining. Like he was not not complaining, but he was kind of like saying how hard it was, and it really like. I felt guilty just basically feeling rough just being at home because <laughs> <laughs> he was driving around Essex with dead bodies. But yeah, so just a weird scenario for everyone, really. Yeah, well, I mean, everyone finds their own way to get through it, don't they? Yeah, but it, yeah. it is getting better as well. You know, we can now go yeah. to the pub. I think you, I haven't gone to the pub. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> no. I'd get ID'd anyway, so. so no point. To be fair, like, we're, apparently they were quite busy around here. Um, the other day, so thing is, as well, especially where I got to still work, it, you, I didn't know if you could really risk going and catching it and then taking it into work and yeah. knocking out a workforce and stuff. Yeah, no, but I hope you it's all right. Um, I think so. I just, just sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry, I just think that um, it'll just ease out of it and hopefully there's no second wave and everyone now go back to normal. Yeah, we want like some like Mexican wave than a a second wave, <laughs> just something jovial. Um. <laughs> So yeah, I was just going to mention about this COVID-19 chat then. So obviously, I think it was Diego Mendoza um, yeah. who kind of, I don't know what channel he, he mentioned. It could have been mine, it could have been yours, it could be somewhere else's. He, he, he started on about um, COVID-19 features. I don't know, it was really funny some of the ideas people were coming up with. Um, so I was just going to whistle through them um, and just quickly go through some of the, you know, stuff that could be introduced into Foot Manager perhaps. <laughs> so, so Diego posed a question on the 21st of May so we're right bang in lockdown at this point but perhaps you know with a view of things opening up so Diego says uh, what new features um, around COVID-19 he called it COVID-20 but I think that he was hoping for it to mutate maybe and become more lethal I don't know um, <laughs> so, so Mike called in waded in and said you could use all your furlough cash to buy a club which was quite a nice quite a nice <laughs> FM feature Um uh, FM Easter then replied saying better infection rates in one-on-one scenarios. So I don't know <laughs> if that would be a player trait or, you know, some kind of training module you could put in. Um, then Diego replied saying three separate people on Twitter. So I'm maybe in the news in the news feature or the what's the, what's the Twitter module? You know, there's that yeah, place social social, media, social feed. That's it. Um, Diego says three separate people on Twitter thinking you're doing a good job one on the fence and then one saying you're doing a shit job during the crisis so that could be good and then fm pressure obviously fm james wades in um handful of people in the stadium car park protesting that they should be allowed in because they don't believe covid exists so your attendance could be like you know skeleton sky cameraman staff and a few referees and stuff and then you could have like an outside attendance in the car park um, Mike called in, obviously not not giving up. He came back in there and just said, <laughs> "The season never finishes. Perfect for some creators." Um, <laughs> so I thought that was a quite nice one. You could have a never-ending FM season. 
Um, then I, FM Grasshopper, weighs in, says um, Club Doctor role needs to be visible uh, and has an antibody testing attribute. <laughs> uh, and I think you quite like this one because you said um, rubbish attributes would mean more chance of false negatives or wiping out your squad. Um, and then about five minutes later, obviously busy day for us, I replied saying, yep, he, can't, he could get a lot wrong. Um, he could inadvertently send the squad into quarantine um, and then certain parts of FM are greyed out so you wouldn't be able to talk to any players or do team talks um, that, at that point I said to you should we do a Covid features pod you just ignored me so that's the first one where you ignored me <laughs> um, FM Samo says you, you, you just click continue and that's it that's the game um, that's, a game that's a game anyway for a lot of people isn't oh it? yeah exactly um, then F Impression come back saying no tunnel interviews can't risk COVID um, and he says press conferences on Zoom um, and he <laughs> says you actually have to be logged into Zoom while playing FM um, Samo being himself just replies saying Zoom connection required so obviously just following up on James's joke trying to get some traction <laughs> <laughs> um, we are getting there don't worry Dan uh, I then say individual training is the default so you can't actually do any group training anymore. So that that's going to ruin your training modules. Yeah. There's a bit of mentoring to be out the window unless you do it by Zoom. <laughs> um, ben is a German FM. He, he came into the discussion from Australia, so I don't know what time it was for him. Probably <laughs> middle of the night because it says 11.55 on, on my screen cap. But he said... Um, surprisingly, under-19 and reserve management is introduced because science proves that the younger generations are less susceptible to the virus. And so Miles suddenly agrees that this is indeed interesting. <laughs> it still doesn't make it interesting, Ben. <laughs> no. Um, Mike Accordion came back and said German second division attendances are 100,000 plus, which was quite nice. I'm guessing that's because it was an open league. I don't know. Yeah. Who can he go to local Probably. stadiums? Uh, and then Diego finishes the COVID-19 um, thread by just saying, don't forget the 25 sextiles watching in the K-League, which I think was the career, wasn't it? Yeah. They put some sextiles sextiles on the in the attendance as if they're watching. <laughs> um, so, yeah, hopefully we get to see at least one of those features in FM 21. I don't think we're going to see any of the features. <laughs> Do you have a favourite? <laughs> um, I think the most realistic one is probably... Um, the club doctor, because a lot of the time the club, not necessarily have the an- antibody test, but a lot of times clubs have club doctors, but you can't really appoint one or uh, make any changes, you know what I mean? It's just, oh, this is your club doctor. Yeah, you are aware that was my idea. Uh, well, I'll take it back. <laughs> no, but um, you're right, the club doctor is just kind of, um, you can't, there's no viewable stuff, is it? And when they retire yeah. or they leave, you just get you get a news item to say they've been replaced. It would be nice to see how good the doctor is. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say it, but you, well, I will say it. You, you could get a bad doctor. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying Harold Shipman's in the game, but that kind of character. <laughs> yeah, it, could, it could be like a physio and all that. And they have different attributes, and you know, maybe more experienced doctors, a better doctor, older doctors. You know, yeah. You know, it's definitely a, a staff role that has a potential to be in the game. Yeah. Not necessarily for antibody testing, but yeah. for other <laughs> other roles. <laughs> But it, it it does happen a lot. I think um, I think I saw something about Liverpool had a club doctor, but when the medical is always the same guy, and he's actually employed by the club. Yeah. So I mean, it 
obviously they must have chosen to employ him. Mm. So he must have attributes, for example. Yeah, like you could have like speediness, like how quickly they turn around on deadline day. <laughs> um, um, reliability of um, medical reports or something. Yeah, picking up injury proneness and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I want that feature now, actually. <laughs> At Miles. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can read it on the forum to make feature request. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I just upload that thread onto the forum and say, "Here, guys, just pick one of these. We'll be happy. FM Slack will be happy with anyone." <laughs> Okay, so that's the second part of our fourth part discussion on lockdown. So the next one was about discussing our FM20 saves. And a lot has happened mm-hmm. in both of our saves. Obviously, we are still both playing our single saves. Um, but there has been changes in my one, and certainly you've, I think you've become successful. So who wants to go first? I'll let you go first, because obviously you've got a lot to cover. Well, yeah. Um, I don't want to... I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to spend too long, obviously, talking about a save update, um, and there's a lot to to discuss, really. Um, so that that 23rd of March date when we went into lockdown happened to be a day when I also released a blog um, called Paradise Lost. Um, <laughs> just so happened to be on the day we go lockdown. Anyway, um, I chose that title because it was, you know, the fall of man. It's an old poem by John Milton. Um, I'm digressing now, but the reason for that was kind of a bit of foreshadowing of what was going to happen in my story. So at this point in Paradise Lost, I'm summarising the fourth season of Peñarol in Uruguay as Angel Bastardo. And Paradise Lost title was to basically hint that there's going to be a fall coming revolving around my character. I'm not sure if anyone actually read that and thought about that. Nobody really <laughs> read that, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, so obviously... Fourth season of Penarol, uh, we won the league, so four four titles in four seasons. Unbelievable success, Dan. I'm, I'm glad you you probably would agree. Well, obviously four titles in four seasons is good. But you, but it's not five. You took over the best team, so it was all expected. And obviously there is a sort of um, success in that you deliver, kept up the success... But did you feel like it was a success by doing that? No, so I met the targets, you're right. I would say I would say it's successful in that sense. I always wanted in this save to kick on and go for the Copa Libertadores, which is the continental trophy in, in South America. Mm. And we were just... And I think it does take probably a Uruguayan team anyway because there's such a gulf between Brazil and Argentina for Uruguay. Mm. I would say I probably needed another two to three seasons to compete for the later stages. I, I mean, I got a quarter-final with my best in four attempts. So it's not bad, um, but it's not great and it's not like what I had a few years ago with Studiantes. Um And I felt at that point... So I'd already made my mind up with that title, Paradise Loss. I knew what was going to come. I, I had the World Cup... Um, in mind with my Uruguayan national team because I was obviously doing that job as well and I thought that would be a nice point to break away and I already had this always had this breakaway point of a major international tournament if I got the Uruguay job in my save Mm. and I always thought it'd be the end of FM20 which would then push me over into FM21 obviously a pandemic happened loads of things unpredicted have happened Um, obviously me being shit in the Copa de Libertadores is one of them Um, but yeah, it just felt right to be leaving. So I made my mind up on this post that I was going to leave, but hadn't said it yet. We were going to go with Uruguay to the World Cup. 
which brings me on to my next post, um, the 2020 World Cup. So I don't know if you remember this, Dan. We had some streams, didn't we? Yeah, we did, yeah. Um, yeah, they were. Uh, I had the message like in one. <laughs> so what you, you what one was you, you was with Marley, wasn't you? I did the first one. Yeah, yeah so yeah. obviously for listeners that weren't aware that obviously I was a Uruguayan team manager uh, and Gilbert in my character and um, we'd already won the Copa America so we're the continental champions. Gone into the World Cup, I was feeling quite positive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had a group of Belgium, Poland and Mali. I started with Mali who were ranked 46th in the world. Um, so I thought, you know, what we'll do, we'll just stream every game, 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, go- we were in lockdown at this point. So I thought, let's just have some upbeat positivity. It was a long 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we faced the 4-4-2 low book uh, that Marley held up and we only won 2-0. And we were all over them. I don't know if you remember, Dan. We were, Uruguay were hands down the better team. Uh, yeah, they weren't a better team. <laughs> just fucking boring. <laughs> Um, I think that was probably my tactic to be honest. It, it didn't it didn't breed exciting games. Um it's a tournament mm-hmm. tactic. Yeah. Um, well, it's, um obviously you picked the tactic which was successful in um South America international football. And uh, but then when you went to Mali and they were defensive and your tactic was a quite defensive. It was probably you probably could have been a bit more adventurous. Yeah. And, I think in the end you did become a little bit more adventurous because you realised you had to. Yeah. So um, I, I was playing a four-one-three-two for listeners. So I had a half-back who would slot into kind of a back three, and then I had these wing-backs and a central three. Uruguay aren't very strong on the wings in real life, so I kind of like, you know, funneled as many players centrally as I could. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right, Dan. It wasn't it wasn't attractive football. It was just to win, and it, obviously it did work in the Copa America because I did stream those back in. Uh, last year yeah. and it, it ground out the results but the World Cup was a different beast <laughs> mm. <laughs> one step too far for us I think so we went into Belgium who was the ranked 12th in the world and, and oh no, 23rd in the world so they weren't even the favourite I think we were the favourites atop the group but we only managed a 2-2 draw with Belgium um, which was a bit gutting they played a really strange formation 3-4-3 DM formation yeah. um, so had four players in the DM strata disgusting and then three centre backs on top of that um, but yeah, we went into the final game needing to beat Poland. Um, I brought Friday Night FM onto the onto the stream, and uh, we did win two 0 But it wasn't enough to top Belgium on goal difference, unfortunately. So yeah, it was. It meant last sixteen. It meant Germany, and I lost one nil. So yeah. That that's that the, was it. Yeah. The dream was over. <laughs> it last sixteen. Like it's a bit disgusting, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, I suppose then we go to the crux of what my save up day is about. Then, so obviously, I wrote some creative pieces. I write regarding the four. I called it as a trilogy of posts with three different characters. It mirrored the kind of the prologues I did at the start of FM Twenty. Uh, I wanted to have a bit of symmetry with with those, and it was really fun to put together in lockdown. So when I was feeling that I needed a bit of an escape from the shit of a lockdown or work or kids, you know, I could do a bit of creative writing sometimes in the evening and not play FM. It could just be in my bed on my phone, just not in, using the notes app on my phone kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we got those posts out and obviously I changed character. So I did a kind of, 
it wasn't a new save. It felt like a new save, but he's in the same save universe, which not many people do. So I took on the character of Hugo Ejeda, who is someone I introduced at the start of FM20. He's kind of like an understudy to my main character. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much detail I have to go into this, Dan, this save date, but if you want to go to see these posts, go and read those <laughs> introductions about the character. You don't know if you have to see this, read the save updates. Those full posts will set the scene. Basically, he goes to Mexico as he's 20 years old. No, no qualifications in terms of football. No experience. He's the lowest of the low. And we get a job um, with the shittest second division Mexican team ever known, uh, Murcielagos, which means bats in Spanish. Probably butchered the pronunciation. Um, bat, I know you've got bats, right, mate? <laughs> Thanks, mate. You've always got my back. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I chose this team. It, it, it ticked all the right boxes because um, they were from Sinaloa, and anybody that knows about Mexican drug cartels, or it's got a very strong identity and link to um, cartel and drugs. Um, so it felt right <laughs> in that sense. Um, they were also they were the Media prediction was the lowest. They would, you know, expect it to go down. I don't think they're even playable at the start of FM20. I think you have to hope they go up, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. And they are shit. Like, you know, their, their their team was was a joke. And I thought, you know, I had so much comments about Penarol being easy and stuff. I was like, okay, well, let's just go to the shit's club. And if it, if it falls apart, it falls apart. And how did that go for you? We kept them up in the first season. <laughs> you can't just say shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I can't. Remember, I'm just looking at the post now. Where, where did we? Um, it was mediocre. We, <laughs> you know, I think average points we finished seven. It's not. It's not bad at all. No, um, not the reason I had finished seventh was because every had a, everyone has a clean slate in Mexico because I loaded the league in. Um, if that makes sense, in my save. Yeah. So basically, FM can't populate the average points of you know the last mm. two or three seasons. So it was kind yeah. of a knockout. It was this season to see who was going to stay up, who's going to go down. Obviously, Mercy Elagos had the weakest team, I would say, and we still punched up our weight. We were using a four-three-three, but it was it was dire. There was lots of draws. There was lots of one nils. <laughs> the football was disgusting. But having stayed up in the first season, I thought you know, let's keep at it. I could almost push for promotion for the second season. And that's when things went downhill. Obviously, I wasn't getting thumped, but I was losing a lot of games. And um, I think I was perilously looking over my shoulder. I think I was second from bottom when I decided that I needed to leave this club. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know you, Dan, have you ever, have you ever done this before? I, I'm sure I'm talking to the most successful FM here, but where, thing, <laughs> where, where things get too bad that you just need to leave. You know, you know that I knew the writing was on the wall. I was going to get sacked. Um, <laughs> the only time I can remember, it went through failure, like um, yourself. Okay. But um, I was a smaller club in the top division, and a bigger club had been relegated the previous season, and they were halfway through the season, just outside the playoffs. And I decided to step down in the division to a bigger club in the hope that long run it would benefit. Right. It wasn't really that I was struggling with the other one, but I sort of felt like long term in the save, the team that had been relegated would be more 
um, would help me get to my targets quicker. They were bigger club, bigger stadium, more money, etc., etc. Yeah. So it's basically it's basically like if Man City got relegated, loads managing someone like I don't know West Ham, and um, Man City down there, and they offered me a job, and they were just outside the automatic pr- promotion spots. So I just, I stepped down, and then I came up, and I, the next season I did really well with them. Um, it, that's the only time I can't say I've ever jumped before. I've been I've been sat, um, but on a, it was a horse sacking from Deportivo. Right after I got promoted, um, I don't know. It was it, it, I think it was no, it would be a bug about um, if you upset the players, your like job was on the line, and that's what happened. I got promoted. I sold one of our best players for money, and I had a uh, um, dressing room revolt. And they sat me for losing in dressing room. Well, I'm not. But, I'm not surprised you get sacked and you're you're crying bug straight away. But <laughs> uh, do, do you think I made the right decision? Obviously, my record at the time so 18 months with Messi Lagos, I had 18. No, so I had 15 games that have been won, 17 draws and 21 defeats. <laughs> it's, I think you made the right decision <laughs> for you. Um, so yeah, just just to keep listeners awake uh, we left that team and we went to the rivals in Sinaloa so this is after 18 months of being in Mexico Hugo Ejeda my character had gone to Dorados to Sinaloa who are the bigger team in Sinaloa the biggest team in Sinaloa uh, but funny that what weren't you the biggest team in Uruguay as well well Sinaloa is just a state though Dan it's, just, it's a part of Mexico <laughs> it's not the biggest team in Mexico um, it's, a very, no, it's a very rural state it's, it's full of, you either grow drugs you either, you know, if you're either marijuana or cocaine smuggling. Um, you're not playing <laughs> football here. Um, but I went to Dorados, who are in the same division as Mercia Lagos, so it was a, you know, a quite contentious move politically within my save world, if that makes sense. Um, but they were hands down a better team. They obviously had a young player called Carlo Limon. Um, we called him Lemon. He <laughs> he was 18 years old. He was shit hot. Um, there were some really nice club cultures that I really liked as well. So they wanted to play attacking football. Obviously, at that point, <laughs> I don't know how I, I don't know how I got this job. <laughs> and how did it go when you took over? Yeah, so it, it went quite well. Um, well, not, oh, well wow. it went. You know, well, okay. Let me look at the post. I wasn't doing terribly, but I, I was, I was flirting with 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 promotion playoffs. So I was, I was like tenth, wasn't I? I think. Yeah. Where were you expected to bring? Well, top seven. <laughs> so, obviously, I thought, you know, I did what any sensible podcaster would do in this situation. I phoned a friend. I phoned <laughs> Dan Gear of Bolivia fame and just said, I've got a 4 for 2. It needs to be a bit geared. Uh, I need to get to the playoffs, otherwise I think I'm going to lose my job again. <laughs> um, so I've got I've got a post there on my on my um, blog called the Firefighting Four Four Two. I just basically show the three stages of my Four Four Two, and eventually I ended up with Dan Silp on a version three, which kind of steamrolled in the last stage of the season to get playoffs um, in the closing stage. I'm not going to go into depth about Mexico, but it's a playoff system to get up. It's not just the first team goes up. You have to enter playoffs, and then it's a knockout. And then you play the, the winner of the opening stage, who's, who's gone through that process as well. So <laughs> it was a long way. We, we, we finished seventh. We just scraped in on the last day to, to go into the playoffs. And then I thought, okay, this is going to be fun. Um, I didn't stream those, 
but I did get to the final and was like, okay, I need to stream now the final. Um, <laughs> and that's when I called on um, FM Samo, who's a popular Scottish blogger. Um, uh, and I um, I streamed the two finals to get Alente, and yeah. we won. We won 2-1 away, and we won 2-0 at home. Um, I just wanted to play you something, because I wanted to show you how good my streams were. Well, that stream in particular was with Samo. <laughs> um, I'm surprised I didn't get called up for the stream showdown on the back of this. Right. I was surprised, well, generally overlooked. Like, how, how they're, the they're probably... They're probably worried about you winning it, mate. Now you got that tactic. <laughs> so this is my um, fourth goal in the in the in, the, in ag- on aggregate. I was winning four one. So at this stage, I was going to the Mexican big time. It's some like um, medical drama. Oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, galata, 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 what do you think of my Mexican impression commentating? That was you, was it? I thought it was Sammy. <laughs> no, that was me. That was me. Um, yeah. And we, no, it was good, mate. It was good. I, I watched the Maradona um, documentary the other day, and it sounded just like the commentators on there. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously, now I'm in the Mexican big time. Uh, that, this is really my my save update where it comes to a stage now. We we're in the Mexican big time. Uh, I've done two posts since then, like of, of being up, and we've we've stayed up um, quite comfortably in the closing stage, to be honest. Um, and I'm now just embarking on my fourth season in Mexico, with the aim of just staying up. There's literally there's not much to it really now. I, I don't think I'm going to be um, pushing for trophies in this save. I just want to I just want to solidify Dorados. Mm. Um, Do you um, think you're going to stay now for the rest of FM20? Well, this is where it's a bit... I think I'm climbing close to the end, if I'm honest with this story. I, I think yeah. I think I could probably go too far with it. and I don't, I don't really want... I think Mexico, in a sense, is quite boring if you get too good. Yeah. And you might come and say, that's never going to happen, Tony. But... Um, <laughs> I think I, I think if you get into like the uh, the CONCAF, whatever it's called, the the continental, because it's, it's not part of the um, CONMEBOL system, mm-hmm. you basically play American teams or I guess Costa Rican. I don't, I don't know. Who, I don't yeah. know who else you play. Um, Canada. Canada. Yeah. So I think it would be get quite stale. I don't really, and that's one of the reasons why I went to the lowest of the low in Mexico at the start. Obviously, it, a bit of a joke to be anti Pinarol, but. I also didn't want to pick a top league side with loads of high quality no, new gens coming through and just, you know, do really well. Um, mm. And I think really, if I can keep Dorados up again in, in my fourth year in Mexico, so if they have two seasons in the top flight, whether or not I call it a day and then just, you know, close the story down. Because at the same time, Hugo Ajeda now is 25 years old. He's got a life of drug cartel ownership <laughs> to be doing. Does he really want to be a foot manager in his in his 20s? <laughs> See, <laughs> so, no, he wants he wants to work in a video game shop. Yeah, so so, so that's <laughs> it, really. So yeah, I, I think I could, I think I could happily call it a day next season or the season after, and then just walk away from that particular FM twenty save and be happy. It, and mm. it would be four seasons in Uruguay and four seasons in Mexico. Um, yeah. And I've had, you know, I've had trophies in the Uruguay. I've had international trophies. I've had, you know, promotions. I've had. Sort of bat- relegation battles. I've had quite a mixture of FM20 already, and it's quite good. 
Um, I don't know what I would do after though, because I would miss FM. So whether I'd do a you know a holiday holiday save klaxon, I don't know, or something mm-hmm. else. <laughs> you probably just do experiments or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think sometimes you can overplay a save and then not enjoy the last two or three seasons. Mm. I think as a blogger, I'm quite quite attuned of knowing when to stop or when to make a decision. So like we go back to the Uruguay. I knew kind of at that point I wanted to leave. And then I had obviously the, the tournament to play and then a decision to go to Mexico. And I kind of, I think maybe because I play a bit slower and I plan out my writing, I kind of just knew that was the thing to do. Hmm. So I guess now we need to talk about Bolton. Bolton, yeah. Um, Bolton's going well. Um, I, I can't really remember where he was in March, to be honest. <laughs> but basically, yeah. Um, um, Obviously, when I took over um, 40 million in debt, minus 12 points in League One, um, I cleared the debt and got into the Premier League. Um, as of now, I've won the Europa League, the Champions League twice, three Super Cups, two FA Cups, and two Community Shields, I think. I think it's, it's worth pointing out, actually. I think, anyway, if this was a Netflix documentary, it would be amazing because this is a, a one-club save. It's one man's gone yeah. into a club. He's turned it around with the finances. Um, to be fair, like you don't normally see this much success in, a, in yeah. a, you know, just looking at FM Twitter or just in blogs. Really, like it is a quite a, it's quite a classy save, the fact that it's been so successful. Yeah, I appreciate that, don't you? That's right, mate. Um, check. Thank you for um, the check. Obviously, like, like I said, finance is sorted. We've got like 200 million in the bank every year. I can, I can, if I wanted to, I can go and buy any player I wanted now because I've made that much money. Um, wage bill, when I started, was like, I think it was about £60,000 a week, and now it's like £4.5 million a week. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm in a position where I can. Um, I can keep building for the future. So, like, um, a couple of times now, I found youngsters who I thought, yeah, they look good, but they're 18 already, so they need for team football. I can't give them for team football. So I paid the fee and let them go back to the club they're on to make sure they get that football, go out on loan, and they're coming back in. Then I'm then they're fitting in my team. I'm still selling players for profit, so that's going well. The only thing is, and um, Cleon and Aunt Matt keep telling me this, is that I haven't won the Premier League yet. So, yeah, so is that like a, a stain on your record in England? I wouldn't say it's a stain, because <laughs> at the end of the day, I probably massively overachieved to win two Champions Leagues. Yeah. Um, but the season I just finished, we finished third. I think we were seven points off top of Tottenham, who were treble winners, um, domestic treble winners, because I beat them in the Champions League final. Yeah. So... Um, but so I think that's my next target. Do you, do you think you I need to do anything to differently to to win the Premier League, or do you, do you think are you a cup team in any particular reason? Or um, we don't we don't score massive amount of goals. A lot of our games are one nil, two nils, two ones. We don't. We obviously do have the occasional game where we win five nil, um, you know. But I would say we probably don't score enough. And there's probably been a few games, especially against bigger teams, where. I've been drawing and I haven't gone adventurous because I know that when we do, they like I went adventurous once against Man City because I really struggled against Man City. I think I played them twenty-one times and didn't even get a draw against them. So I went. I thought, you know what, I'm going to go out. We got nothing to lose. Go adventurous and they beat us six 0 So and you'll see, you <laughs> had, had the Bournemouth. Set a fine line. 
because I, I do think I do think under the um, her reputation played into it as well. So as much as, until you can successfully win titles back to back, and all that, I still think there's aspect of reputation played into like the favourites for the game and that. Mm. So um, in the cup game, it's probably a bit different because I can sit back and counter, which I do in the Premier League, and take them to penalties if need be. Whereas in the Premier League, I probably need to win a few more games. I probably draw a few too many. But this year, this season just gone. I said I want to win the league, and we finished seven points behind, which is the best we've done in the league. But when we got to the semi-final, there was all the promotion at the Champions League. I was like, I could get the champion, and then obviously you're playing more games than that, and you're trying to rotate a team. Yeah. And I do still have quite a small squad. I don't like to like hoard players in the squad because obviously they moan about not playing in that. But um, over the summer, just gone, I've signed two new players and sold two players so it's like there's not massive turnovers because they've obviously still got youth coming through and um, it's been an enjoyable save I mean like I know a lot of people like oh everyone's doing Bolton but I mean they can I haven't seen many others that have played this far into it if any do you think that's because it's too hard did anyone like try it and get sacked because it uh the first probably three of well, the first season is very hard, obviously. But yeah, first season was really hard. You, must, you probably um, must not season, get anywhere. Right, it takes a long time to get somewhere, probably. Well, even in the championship, I think it was in the championship for five seasons, and we had lit- no money to spend. It wasn't until we got in the Premier League and we got the Premier League money that we um, could, could, had money to spend. Yeah, I mean, we we did get rid of the debt. Organically, before like, as we went up to the Premier League, they um, because I think I cleared the debt. I had like f- f- um six months left, and we had a takeover, and the bloke took out a new ten-year loan. Fucking <laughs> idiot! <laughs> but when we got promoted, they came and said, "Oh, we paid off the debt." Is it's you- with the money we put. So we were out, but there was only, it was like a ten-year loan for three million that was remaining. Yeah. So when uh, after coming down, I'd already got rid of thirty-seven million myself. And then obviously that made a massive difference because the repayments were like half a million pound a month in the championship, which and League One, which was ridiculous. Do you think, as a blogger, that you obviously got that takeover and it was, you know, it was pretty shitty? It wasn't exactly how you'd want a takeover to go. I would say the the creators that are do the YouTube's videos or the streams, they're always dying for takeovers because I think I think if you spend money, obviously you get quite a lot of um, traction around the save and interest because you can yeah. you can splash the cash a little bit and get this player. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Whereas you've had to you had to be frugal for like a good what yeah. would you say a decade almost. Well, even like when I broke I broke my transfer record um, for sixty two million on a right back. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, um, just threw up. Sorry. Right. <laughs> on a right back I, I know you love it when I spend it all on a right on back on a fucking right back as well though that's the thing sorry I wasn't really sick but I do feel sick right now <laughs> but <laughs> it's a really crucial role in my tactic they oh is, oh, is it back on the tap. okay and um, and I, they, they are hard to come by but when I when I wrote that I, it was still money I sold like six players that summer to get the money to buy him I knew that he was a player I wanted I think I sold like half my team to get him and I've had him like seven seasons now right and I, I've just sold him this summer for 70 million and he's 29 nearly 30 okay so yeah you've made profit on him and you've got these best years I've replaced him with a 25 million right back so it's not so bad oh god yeah okay 
But he he was phenomenal for me, and uh, he did make a big difference. And um, but these, did you, did and you say complete? Like, I'd only accept a complete wing back for City Millions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes it bearable, just about. <laughs> complete wing back, and I'm behind the inverted winger. Oh. So you got to think he's got to do that whole right hand side himself. Box to box. And that's why. Yeah. I do feel like it's worth spending money there. I I don't. You know, I, I find that I won't spend money on certain positions, but I will on um, other ones. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I'd say so. Like, I will spend money on an inverted winger, a complete wing back. I won't spend any money on a goalkeeper. Like, no, a goalkeeper I'm not too worried about. This is a funny discussion, um, actually, with goalkeepers. I, I would probably put a lot of money into a goalkeeper because they do save save shots and stuff. But I remember I was in my early days with um, Lagos and I had I had the only option. I was so skint, I had the option to buy, like, two players max and I said to Diego like should I get a goalkeeper Diego's response was like no you don't need a goalkeeper um, as long as you play high like high lines to keep the ball like, the ball will never go near your goal and I'm thinking Diego like aren't you the one always punching your sofa because <laughs> <laughs> it was a good joke um, I, did, I, did, well, I, mean, I did buy a goalkeeper though you've obviously got to have a good goalkeeper yeah but I wouldn't spend £70 million on a goalkeeper I didn't think when I can get one for £20 million, it could probably not a lot of different attributes yeah um, centre backs, uh, maybe sometimes. Left backs, forty-one million on the seventeen-year-old. You liked that one as well, didn't you? That yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but all these, all these fees are being cash up front. The thing is, uh, I would, I would buy like a winger and retrain them into a complete wing back. So you could probably get a good winger and that's not that yeah, expensive. You probably could, but I just felt like when I bought him, I just felt like I needed that one player yeah. to take me into the top six at that time. Yeah. And I found the player I wanted, and I was willing to push the boat out to get him. Mm. And he, like I said, he'd been there like seven seasons, and I've made a profit off him after that time. Yeah, I don't think you can. You can't criticize that. I think if you've got if no. you've got an output from him and you've sold him for more money. Yeah, and like um, I do. I am always going to be a selling club because we're born when there's bigger teams. And Man City have broke their transfer record twice now to buy um, two of my players, one for 92 million and one for 119 million. And both of those players, I paid like 20 million for. Yeah, you've got that, you've got the like interesting technique you use, isn't it, on the on the FM where you do some kind of hacks? Is it transfer hacks? Oh yeah, the one that Ant <laughs> between about the other. <laughs> The 1.5 billion for Nicky Hunt. Yeah, so, so is the end game for you then in FM20 to win that Premier League title with Bolton? Would you say if you did that, is that then complete? Or would you say you've still got things to do? Build a home, yeah, homegrown yeah. 11 or something? Or No, I mean, like to be fair, I'm not too worried about homegrown 11 because I have got a lot of youth players in my team that I've grown anyway. I would say the majority of them are homegrown. Um, I would say the league title is a big one. And the biggest frustration I've had is the stadium. Um, I've not managed to get them to do any sort of expansion on it or any a new one or anything like that. I was chatting to Cleon about it, and he said he's probably going to have won the title yet. Oh, uh, really? Because um, I know you, it's, it's, it's certain things, isn't it? Like you have to obviously fill it out on a regular basis, but I'm guessing you're doing that in Premier League. Yeah. Does the age well, of the stadium come I into that, effect? But I looked, I looked the other day, after the end of the season, I have one sellout. Oh, really? Only one? But, yeah, and one it, for the whole season. Is that COVID-19? That we, we finished third. There's only 27,000 seeds. It was ridiculous. But then we... COVID-19. Um, <laughs> but then we had something like um, 98% um, full 
capacity attendance, you know, so we are like getting close to that, but we're not. I like wondered if it was a bug, but apparently, if you win the title, then obviously more. And I did the question whether it was style or play. Would style or play play into it? Because no, that that might be it, Dan. <laughs> but I don't. Apparently, the game's not that clever. Uh, okay. So I'm I'm um, just trying to find my Lorient save last year because I got a stadium in that, but I was I think I was filling out. I was thinking I was getting sellouts. I definitely put it into a blog somewhere, but I can't remember where. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was a certain amount of sellouts, then then maybe that pushed the ball to maybe make a decision. I don't yeah. know. But well, I think I'm hoping this next season I'm going to go all out for the title. Yeah. And then um, see if that makes any difference. But I definitely need to win the title before this save can be over. It's funny though because um, I was talking to someone about it, about my FC United save back in 2013. And it was very similar. I got into the Premier League and I won like five Champions League titles. Yeah. But I didn't win the new title. Ah, oh, it's your, it's your um, holy grail. And I said, I said, this is my last season. I'm not playing anymore after this one. <laughs> I finally won it. <laughs> right, okay. So maybe you have to come onto the pod then and say that, and then the <laughs> divine powers will intervene and you'll win it. Yeah. Okay. I think I've got, probably got about another two, three seasons left of the season, and then that'll be it. Yeah. Because you've got to think we're, we're hitting the uh, middle of July now. Yeah, well, I was thinking so, maybe do you want to finish the pod on the discussion around FM20, uh, well, FM21, yeah. in terms yeah. of when it would actually be released? Because obviously I'm I'm thinking now of all the upheaval with lockdown and all the leagues coming back in bit parts. Um, obviously, we've got the Premier League back, but Champions League still yeah. needs to be played in one whole month and the European competitions. Yeah. South America is just in a state like it always is every year, but this year even in heightened that no one knows what's going on. Um I've taken an interest in Mexico recently obviously because playing in Mexico and they're in a similar situation with their with yeah. their COVID numbers and then they've got like a, a friendly tournament before a, if the league comes back. I just think how are SI going to... Well, how, how are the people going to code it into the game like the actual researchers and then it's going to be tested? I, what I personally would do, I would forget all about the like rejigging and all that and just play the first season as normal. I know they go for realism, but I think they're asking for trouble, asking for bugs, asking for issues of changing league systems for one year. Mm. I I don't think players will have that much of an issue with, right, guys, um, we can't make all these weird leagues um, work. Even the Premier League starting in September and then it goes back to August, it's just causing too many issues, so we're going to release it as if it was a normal season starting in August. That's a very good point, Dan. I don't, and it's only going to be one season, but then everything should be back to normal next season in real life. Mm. I don't really, for me personally, I don't really see the issue with realism, um, realistic for one season. Yep. And because, let's be honest, we've just gone for, well, we're still going for a pandemic. Nobody's really going to kick up at first and say, oh, Football Manager 21's rubbish because the Premier League didn't kick off in September, it kicked off in August, and that's not like real life. I don't think anyone's going to give a shit, they just want to play FM21. It's a good point, actually, as well, because what, what do you do about attendances? Do you do you put it in the game yeah. and then right. say, oh, you, you don't just, get attendances until January? I don't know. I generally... All you, all, the only thing you could do is maybe give some sort of worldwide stadium ban until a certain date. Because you can have stadium bans in FM. Yeah. I can't... Saying, I don't know for a certainty if they have any issues with bugs and stuff and that, but for, from uh, playability and with issues with bugs and stuff, 
I think their best route of action is to just treat it as a normal season. Mm. And I genuinely don't think anyone's going to care if it doesn't replicate one real life for one season. Yeah, there there are some things where COVID has led leagues to do more permanent things anyway. So like mm. like Mexico, for instance, they've they've stopped promotion relegation now for five years. I think it is. So that that yeah. can be coded in the game because that, that's gonna that's, that's gonna happen. But yeah, you're right. The the one season, let's say the Premier League being a bit off with start day and then yeah. the attendance and stuff. Do we just kind of overlook that? Because yeah. I've always argued it. FM comes out, doesn't it, in like October, November time. You've already started mm-hmm. the game like three months into the se- two months into season kind of thing. Yeah. So the realism's kind of gone then anyway. Yeah. But yeah, it's well, a bold, it's know, a bold suggestion, and you know. I think realistically. They tend to say the season normally starts in August and normally comes out first week of November. Season's probably going to start in September, so realistically, I think we're probably looking at a December release. Just just going off that same basis of the time from start of the season. There's obviously things they have to do, and that is the time frame they always stick to. Yeah. There's obviously something between transfer window closing on the 1st of September to release two months later. Oh, November the 3rd or November the 10th. There's obviously something in the process of the game, getting it to market, etc., making sure a lot closed, lot blah blah blah. That there's obviously a two month, three month wait between that. So it's looking like the transfer window is going to be mid September to um, or end of September. So going off that, I, I could see the game getting delayed a month. I don't, I don't personally see how. The development of the game would be delayed because now we are in 2020 a lot of the developments in the games you could still do at home if you've got computers and laptops and stuff you would have thought yeah um it's like i look at the xbox and the playstation they're releasing a new console for christmas um they're saying yeah we're still going ahead with that we've all our um, developers have the console at home with them they're all working on it the games the um, companies had the console they're working on it so obviously these companies are still working we obviously know SI is still working because all their employees are on Twitter saying they're working you know maybe they're just saying they're working just so Miles sees it and think okay he, he, he'll get paid <laughs> yeah, this month they're down the pub <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what are we saying then so we're saying release date December first week of December I reckon first week of December okay. so they still get the Christmas um, like r- rush purchases for people for Christmas presents, blah blah blah. Yeah. So I, could, I, could, I reckon the season's delayed by a month. The game will probably be really so delayed by a month. Can we do a grass and get excuse exclusive? Is this, is this a time to reveal? Friday the fourth of December, FM twenty one is out. <laughs> That's fine. You can do, you can do that. <laughs> That's our pledge. In the in the now. Yeah. <laughs> but I know. I mean, like, I, obviously, the issue is going to be about what they do about. The twenty the twenty one season in game, yeah. Obviously, things like you said, like they um, certain countries have changed their promotion and relegation thing. Obviously, that will have to be changed. But the actual start dates and stuff like that, I don't think they should worry too much about. No, I don't think. I, if you're playing in the Premier League, it's not going to make no difference to you if the season starts on the eighth of August or the eighth of September in game, is it? No, for one season. You're not going to say, I'm not going to be in the Premier League if you want to play in the Premier League because it started a month er- earlier than real life where it normally would start on that thing. Mm. And the issue is going to be, it's like, 
I think the biggest issue they're going to have, they're going to have to wait, is because Champions League's not going to finish till the end of August. So they're going to be like first knockout qualifying and all that is. The, I think the best thing for SI and, and lots of other companies like FIFA and stuff like that is just to take take the realism hit for one year and just roll roll the game out as it normally would be. Yeah. You know this is this is how the league calendar normally works. This is how it'll probably be in twenty twenty one twenty two. So we're just going to roll with it for a year. I think it's just showing the fragility of like the situation. You, you can't quite know. You can't guarantee things happening, especially over the winter months, which is yeah. the times when the pandemic could resurface and you know we could go into more extreme or localized lockdowns and it affects things. You can never really plan for that, um, and it's just going to be interesting. Obviously, like if you take the French league for example, they just shut down really early and they just never yeah. resumed. They announced yeah. they announced all their promotions, relegations, and title holders and stuff. So yeah. so. I don't know. Could you could you could you code that into the game that they're not going to be match fit for like? They're, yeah. It's it's interesting. I, there's so many questions this has raised. It's definitely a, a, a issue they're going to have, and that's why I think personally we're probably from the game release we're probably looking at a month delay. Yeah. Okay. And most people will still be happy if that comes out. I mean, like you say, there's a lot of people who don't actually start playing their save into out in the winter window. Yeah. You know, you you said that you've got a mate that doesn't next year you buy FM twenty. Yeah, I've got a mate that we will we'll be buying FM twenty like in September time probably, which is mad. Mm. But he always wants to play it on the latest patch, so I yeah. can kind of realise it and think, okay, we do spend a hot, you know a, a good portion of our time even moaning about a match engine or like you know waiting for the mm. patch, t- you know, to carry on, and then you know he does. He, he told he, him the latest. The latest patch normally comes out in February. <laughs> well, yeah, I think he knows that now. I think he's just got into the habit of just buying yeah. buying it every year. So I think he's still playing FM19 now. Mm. Um, yeah, interesting times. We we'll have to wait and see then if there's any announcements coming up in the next few yeah. weeks, months. Yeah, well, I mean, like normally we get an announcement in August. I think I wouldn't be surprised if that's delayed as well. By a month, let's take it all back a month. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> it'd be alright. Whatever will be, will be. There's obviously. We all want to play the next game, but there's obviously a lot going on in the world. Yeah. And I don't think anyone should give them any shit for whatever they decide to do. No. At the end of the day, like, it, all we want is the game improved if, if it, when it comes out. It what, comes whatever out. Our opinions are from 20, it's probably been the most played FM version of ever. Yeah. Because definitely. people have ploughed yeah, into it. That, um, um, they've never had so many played a game this time of the year and stuff that obviously that they did that free week or free fortnight whatever it was and that definitely helped yeah and you know I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like that again next year yeah okay but, I mean well we were going to touch on the byline post but I think we can probably can that and put that put that back a month maybe um, because we've, <laughs> we've uh, reached we've reached about an hour already now yeah, yeah through. so I've re- read read too many byline posts Yes, uh, one on older players and potentially one out soon, maybe this week or next week, I don't know. Um, I think it's gone, it's disgusting whether or not they can release that, I guess. It's, it features heavily Timo Werner, obviously now he's left Chelsea. I don't, where, <laughs> is he, where is he now? Is he, is he still at RBL? No, yeah, I didn't know if he's actually, I think he is at Chelsea now. Yeah, I'm, I'm just confused where players are now, if they transfer, do they transfer now, do they finish... The Bundesliga season. Yeah, I think he was waiting until the end of the Bundesliga season, so I think that's finished now. Right, okay. So yeah, so, I might have a post about him, whether or not that gets cancelled, I don't know. Who knows? Um 
But yeah, Dan, any other business? Anything you want to raise? Um, no, we cover most of it really. Um, obviously, thanks to everyone that's spoke, spoken to me from the lockdown, talked to me about their saves and stuff in the lockdown, talked to me about like, other stuff. It's like it's been quite good to talk um, to certain people about other things, you know? Oh, definitely. I think, um, yeah, obviously, there's all times. You know, I never really suffer with mental health kind of thing, but there has been times during the lockdown where I have felt like a mess because of <laughs> or because of the changes happening that you don't really control. And I don't know, the takeaway lesson, I suppose, is don't worry about the things that you can't control and worry about the immediate things. Um, yeah. So it's one of the things, but I've really enjoyed like reading the blogs, obviously chatting to people on Slack, um, people checking in with me to make sure I'm all right. I've been checking with people to make sure they're all right. It's just been... <laughs> And obviously, the Cobra, the creator Cobra came. That was a great day. Yeah. So thank, thanks yeah, for that. Yeah. So you had my back. Thank you. <laughs> That's no problem. <laughs> well, so we, we can't promise um, when the next grassing will be. See, I did have a podcast lined up um, regarding like um, cribs. I was going to call it GNG Cribs, where we go and look at streamers or YouTubers' houses. Um, but it never really kicked off. I only had one person actually contribute to that, so I thought there's not enough for a pod at the moment. But if you are a streamer or a YouTuber listening, please send me your pants or knickers drawer, and we you might feature. Um, but other than that, I think we're just gonna do the classic GNG thing and think of when we come up with an idea, then then have a podcast. Is that is yeah, that right, Dan? Sounds, yeah. Yeah. Sound like a plan? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got a few ideas, and we're just. Obviously, finding the right time to do them, and obviously, with classic gear, sometimes we go a bit close to the line on certain things. So obviously, yeah, there's there's time and the things as well. Yeah, the, our our legal team were quite happy that the fact we weren't put in during lockdown because we we probably would have done some quite fiery podcasts <laughs> with, with the mood we were in. Um, so yeah, it's pretty good job we had a little break. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for talking to me. That's no problem, mate. Anytime. Um, and. Pleasure was all mine. Yeah. Awkward goodbye then. Thank you. Awkward goodbye. Right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.